What's the purpose of the money? Yeah. Purpose of the money is to last as long as you do. You're going to be in retirement for 20 to 30 years. You need a rising income to keep up with inflation, which we're seeing now, and you need to protect what you have. There are many factors that contribute to success, skill, good work habits, positive mental attitude, and of course, proper planning. So let's head to the drafting table and get this retirement success blueprint underway with Michael Stewart of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. I'm your co-host, Mark Killian. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Retirement Success Blueprint with Michael Stewart and myself talking investing, finance, and retirement. We're going to talk about the voice of greed and trying to recognize that here on this episode of the podcast. With Mike, what's going on, my friend? How are you? I'm doing well. It's March, so uh, you know, spring's around the corner. It is. Uh, March Madness is around the corner. Uh, I think uh, the time we're taping this, I think we get the, the hour thing here with spring ahead in a couple of days, I believe. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, extra, I, well, I guess we lose an hour of sleep, but we get more daylight. So I'll take it. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah you get more sunshine. It's That's right. Spring ahead, fall back. There you go. How it goes. Listen, man. So several stocks uh, obviously are experiencing some significant volatility. We've seen a lot of volatility in the, you know, to start this year anyway, before we got into the whole, uh, you know, conflict over there with Russia and Ukraine. So in your opinion, uh, with these earning reports, uh, some of the data that's coming in, so on and so forth, the volatility, do you feel like it's going to stay that way? We're going to see some more of this. Uh, what's your thoughts? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Yeah. So the volatility we've seen in the first few months of the year, you know, it's been, you know, double digit losses in most indexes, even bonds are down a little bit. Uh, and as it relates to specific stocks, you know, and what's confusing a lot of people, and this is probably a really important thing is, you know, as, as the first quarter kind of earnings come out and they talk about, you know, what happened at the for 2021 and end of last year, mm-hmm. all of a sudden in the first quarter here, they're saying, you know, that our, you know, our earnings, we beat our earnings last year and, you know, our revenues have never been better. But yet the stocks are rolling in the other direction and everybody's being like, well, why? That's good news, right? Okay. But you need to look like you don't invest through the rearview mirror about what happened. When you buy stocks or even if you hold on to the current stocks you have, instead of looking through the rearview mirror, you need to look through the windshield is what you're buying is what's ahead, not what happened. So you're buying future earnings. And what's happening with between inflation, between what's going on in Europe, between the expectation that the Fed this month is going to start raising interest rates over the course of the year, is what you're seeing is that a lot of companies are saying, hey, business is good. The revenue's there. The orders are there. But our earnings going forward are actually going to be lower. So we're going to bring in the same, if not more, revenue, but our earnings are going to be lower. Well, if your earnings are lower, that means that your stock is expensive today because, remember, you're buying future earnings. So, yeah, we expect this volatility to continue. Well, if you think uh, today is the time we're taping, this is the, what is today? Today's the 8th. So about a month ago on February 8th, the Dow was around 37,000 or so. And today it's at 32 at the time of this taping. So yeah, mm-hmm. people see these things and they're, you know, they're starting to get a little nervous, a little bit, you know, a percent here and a percent there, maybe not a big deal, but it's starting to definitely make people shake a little bit. So when we're dealing with this, maybe it's time to think about recognizing that voice of greed, Mike, because for the last three years, it's been easy to be greedy, right? The market's been pretty good overall the last three years. You probably picked an index and did okay, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. So, you know, there's been this, you know, buy the dip mentality for the last few years because the Fed's going to come in and low, you know, keep rates low and they're going to kind of bail us out. And that works until it doesn't. And that's what we're yeah. starting to see. The same things that made the market successful the last few years 
are the you know zero percent interest rates, low inflation, and accommodative Fed mm-hmm. is exactly the opposite of what we're seeing in 2022. Yeah, and we've been saying for a while, and people have been wondering for a while. We've had this 14-year bull run or 12-year or whatever number they want to assign to it. So we've been wondering when something was going to happen and what might be the trigger that does it. So far, there's a lot of things that you know wasn't COVID and so on and so forth. So if you've been getting greedy or you've you've been fighting that or not listening to it, then we're going to talk a little bit about that because it's easy to you know kind of hear those different voices in our head, Mike. And maybe it's the voice of greed. Maybe it's fear right now, or sometimes, hopefully, maybe it's wisdom. So let's look at some of the things that are going on, some different things we're hearing out there, and then let you chime in and kind of give your two cents on it. Um, you know, the market was doing great, you know, not just not too long ago. So it seems like it's a good time to invest a little more aggressively. That's probably what got people uh, over the last couple of years. Now they're maybe regretting that decision a little bit. Exactly. And, you know, that's just a fear of missing out. What happens is when markets are down, you know, when they're selling off a little bit, maybe not for any real good reason, but just because, right. then, you know, there is an opportunity there if you're picking the right companies and, you know, you're doing the due diligence for it. But what happens is human nature is just the opposite. When things are going down, when the world's falling apart around you, what winds up happening is people say, I need to sell, I need to get out of here. And it's at the exact wrong time. And then what happens also is when things are creeping higher, and just like a month ago, when we're near all-time highs within a few, within you know spitting distance of all-time highs in expensive markets, everybody's like, "Hey, I'm missing out. I need to get in here." So you're buying at the exact wrong time, you're selling at the exact wrong time. And Dalbar has a, a study out there. We call it the QAIB. It's the Qualitative Analysis of Investor Behavior. And basically, what they do is they take a look at the last 20 years, and it's a rolling 20, so they update it every year of what did the indexes or you know a blended portfolio do versus what did the average retail investor do? So as an example, you know the the return for the last 25 years of the stock market's been around 7% or so. If you figure in the bear markets and things that we had, the average retail investor has returned about 2.5%. Hmm, Why? Because okay. they buy at the wrong time and they sell at the wrong time. Yeah. And so, you know, if you're finding yourself now kind of regretting feeling a little bit greedy. Again, don't beat yourself up. That's it's easy to do when the markets are doing so well, but it's all about having that good strategy in place so that you can uh, kind of deal with any of these things. So we'll continue on with a few more of these things. You might hear or or see something like, well, you know, the guy or gal or whoever on you know CNBC or MSNBC or whatever you know seems to know what they're talking about. So you should follow that advice quickly before people figure it out. To me, that's the old hot stock tip. By the time you hear it at the water cooler, it's lukewarm at best. Absolutely. There's really two things with that. So one, you're you're right. You know, by by the time it makes the the waves out there, you know, the the bets have already been placed by the big dollars. So mm-hmm. you know, what happens once again as a retail investor, you tend to be late to the party and buy at the wrong time. The second part of that is understand that they're talking their book most of the time. And what that means is, you know, they invest, you know, they talk to a guy who owns a, you know, runs a small cap growth fund. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? He's going to think that small cap growth stocks are the best thing since sliced bread because (laughs) that's what he does. You know, it's kind of, we talked with clients about, you know, some people that, you know, push products on the advisory side. We say, you know, it's kind of like, you're driving down the street and you know you're like hey you know my brakes are a little screwed up and all of a sudden you pull into the you know the mechanic shop and it happens to be a transmission shop and you're like hey my brakes are messed up can you take a look and they're like sure and and then what happens they come out and guess what you got a transmission problem why because that's what they do mm-hmm. you know and it's the same thing with you know when you hear some of these talking heads on TV it's not that they're not articulate and good at what they do it's just that sometimes they're talking their book and what they invest in because it's going to benefit them yeah you know mike you're talking about cars there transmissions and uh, my next recognizing the voice of greed bit uh, kind of has me in that vein. It's the, it's recognizing the keeping up with the Joneses thing. So I've got 
got a friend down the street who's got a muscle car, and I've been eyeballing some muscle cars for a little while myself, trying to think about buying one. Of course, the gas, of, you know, price of gas right now is certainly deterring me away from that. <laughs> but it's easy to do if you hear that little voice of greed saying, "Well, you know, the guy or the gal or the couple next door, they, you know, they got more than me, or they've got something I want, or I know that they've saved better than me. Uh, so maybe I should take a few extra chances, or maybe I should jump into this, that, or the other to try to get a home run, if you will." Yeah, the, the big thing is when it comes to your finances, remember this is your life savings. And, you know, most for our practice, nearly everybody we work with is within five years of retirement or they're already retired. And the first thing that we say to them is it's no longer about more. Sure, we want to get a reasonable rate of return. We want to grow this money, we want to have a rising income, keep up with inflation. But it's not about keeping up with your brother in law. It's not about keeping up with the Joneses, as you mentioned. What it is, is it's not a scoreboard. Right. Where you're just right. trying to, you know, put more points on the board. It's about what's the purpose of the money. Yeah. Purpose of the money is to last as long as you do. You're going to be in retirement for 20 to 30 years. You need a rising income to keep up with inflation, which we're seeing now. And you need to protect what you have. That's the goal. So it doesn't matter if the market's up 27. If all you needed was six or eight percent to achieve all the goals that you need in life. Why take more risk than you need to? Yeah. You know, the funny part about that story, too, is it's literally the Joneses. That's their last name. So <laughs> I'm actually trying to. That's why they have the muscle car. That's they were why they have the other Joneses. I may, maybe so. Maybe so. So how to recognize that voice of greed, Mike, if it's uh, if it's about the funds in the bank, the emergency fund or whatever you might have. I mean, we, we all know it's been, you know, dust, you know, for the last however long, right? So moving it into something that's going to be, you know, maybe make me a little bit more. But right now people are wondering, finding themselves wondering, well, what can I get to keep up with inflation? It's certainly not going to be at the bank. No, exactly. And that just comes back to having a plan in place. It's what's the purpose versus the performance. That's why in my book, Purpose-Based Investing, Nine Lessons to Rescue Your Retirement from Wall Street, we say, okay, it's no longer about performance when you're going to retirement. It's about purpose. And this applies to your emergency savings at any age. You know, when the market, you know, we don't hear it as much the last 60, 90 days, but when the market was on fire the last few years, what we've heard is, you know, hey, you know, bank's not paying me anything, fractions of a percent. Should I take that emergency money and throw it in the market or, you know, do something different with it? Right. And what I, when I tell clients is, you know, hey, what's your sleep at night number? And that means it doesn't matter if it financially makes sense. Just you want to know, you want to, you know, pop open the app or look at your statement and know you have X dollars in the bank, no matter what were to befall you. Then that way you don't have to worry about your investments near term because you know you got that sleep at night money, that emergency savings. That's kind of bucket one. Bucket two is, do we have any large purchases coming up? Do we got to fund a wedding? Are we buying a new car for cash? Uh, we going on a vacation? Whatever it is, you know, in the next three to 18 months, that also needs to stay relatively liquid in bank products or things with little to no risk. Why? Because there's a purpose for that money, right? We need that money. We don't want to set aside 30000 for a car and you go through market conditions like we are right now. And all of a sudden, you've only got 20000 for that car six months later. So once it, by assigning purpose for that, this is your sleep at night just to make you comfortable. This is the money that you know you have large purchases coming up in the next 12 to 18 months. Then what's left, you can have that discussion about, can I get a little bit better rate of return? Or is it three-year money, five-year money, 10-year money? That's how you bracket out what the investment options are. It's not just about return. It's about what's the purpose of the mo those specific dollars. Yeah, absolutely. Well, final one here, Mike, You know, we, as we mentioned, the last couple of years, uh, the market's been obviously on fire. And so maybe you found yourself saying, hey, I'm better off doing this myself versus giving some of that money away to a professional, uh, You know, the whole DIY 
DeFi approach because it's been, you know, it's been pretty easy. Some, you know, when it's all going up, it's easy. Everybody's a genius, right? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it's in these times when we start to kind of go, well, maybe I, I don't know as much as I thought I did. And so, you know, fighting against that voice of greed might say, might be saying, okay, it's time for me to speak with a professional. Yeah, that's where Warren Buffett's quote comes in. You know, when the tide go, goes out, you get to see who's swimming naked. You know, so in, right. and what that means is that in a in a rising market, right, everybody's going up, even if they shouldn't be. You know, the, a lot of mistakes for portfolio managers as well, especially individual investors, kind of get glossed over a little bit because hey, everything's going up. You may not be going up as much, but guess what? You know, uh, you know, all ills are forgiven. But then when things get a little rough, and they always do, when things get a little rough, when markets get a little heady, then what happens is. All of a sudden, you thought you could do this by yourself because, as you had mentioned before, a 12 or 14 years, almost straight up bull. And then all of a sudden, we go back to real world where all of a sudden, you know, double digit declines happen in an instant. Then how are you positioned? You know, did you make the right adjustments along the way? And I'll use that kind of, you know, that driving analogy that we kind of woven in here is, you know, I like to drive a car, you know, and I'm a pretty handy guy around the house. But I can hardly do anything associated with the car, with all the electronics and everything these days. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm not going to try to fix my car just because I could, right? Just because I could try to do it. So why would you manage your life savings that way? Especially, you know, and, you know, sometimes if we get a little pushback, our advisory fee is 1% of the assets that we manage. And that includes the estate planning, the tax planning, the tax preparation, and the investment management. So all those things are bundled into that one fee. But the thing that we say is, in short, if we're getting pushed back, but they're a good fit for us philosophically, but, you know, somebody's focused on, hey, that's $10,000 on a million dollars, you know, which in a, in a day, their, their account moves that way. I say, okay, in short, you know, could we do 1% better than you or not do 1% worse? Because really, that's what it comes down to for the management fee. Now, we think we add a lot more value than that, but right, if you just yeah. really had to break it down, it's, could we do 1% better and not do 1% worse? Because if so, then it's, it's a no-brainer. I think you're totally looking at that. I like that. Yeah. And I'm with you on the cars as well, because like I said, I've been thinking about a muscle car and we went looking at some uh, place that had all sorts the other day. We're looking under the hoods of a lot of these. And it's like, yes, this is old school stuff. You know, there's points and there's spark plugs and a distributor cap, but they had a couple of exotic cars and just for giggles looked under the hood of a V12 Aston Martin. And it was like, yeah, <laughs> no way. <laughs> no way. That one, Super right? interesting to look at the way it was designed, but uh, no way could I even attempt to figure out how to do something there. So great points, great conversation about recognizing the voice of greed. If you've got questions, as always, make sure you check with a qualified professional like Mike before you do anything or take any action. You can find them at Crystal Lake Tax and Financial, and you can find them online at crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. And while you're there, drop an email to the show or just in general to Mike and the team if you'd like. And that's how we're going to wrap up the podcast, as we usually do. Over in the Oak Park area, we've got an email from Mary, and she says, Michael, I'm 62 and have a about 1.4 million. How much can I spend yearly without running out? Yeah, Mary, this is a great question. And a lot of people, you're 62, so you're, you know, you're right at that potentially claim social security, getting really close to retirement and that. You've been a good saver at a million four, you know. So without knowing kind of your cash flow needs and you know what you need in that, uh, I'll answer it on the surface on how we would show clients within our practice because you know we're part of the retirement income store, which is our focus is 
How do we generate income from clients in retirement, primarily from interest and dividends? And that doesn't mean we don't have money in the stocks, but a lot of the stocks that we own are just blue chip dividend paying stocks. So even our stocks are kicking an income into the portfolio and because that gives us permission to spend, right? Especially when we go through market conditions like we have here at the start of the year is that where things are rocky, you know, you're like, okay, can I take money out? Can I not? Well, if it's from interest and dividends, the answer is yes. So Mary, in your question, if you got about $1.4 million, and you were to come in and we said, you know, how much could I spend? What's a safe withdrawal rate? Now, Wall Street will tell you 4%. They just won't tell you how you get it, right? They're going to say, hey, the markets go up and down. Over time, you should be okay taking 4%. Well, it depends. Depends on if you're about to go into a bear market, depends on if it's a bull market, whatever. So we take a more coordinated approach would say, hey, Mary, on that 1.4 million, if we could get you 4 to 5% a year, just in interest and dividends, that means cash flow. So whether it's your bonds, your preferred, your real estate, your stocks, whatever it is, if they're cash flowing four or 5%, then you could take about $60,000 a year of renewable income off of that portfolio without selling anything and without touching any of that $1.4 million principal. We call it eat the eggs, not the chickens. And what that allows you to do now is say, I can competently spend that $60,000 because it's a renewable resource. Because next year, guess what? It's going to pay another $60,000 of interest and dividends, if not more, because a lot of the stocks are even going to have increasing dividends. So, you know, Mary, the key thing is as you're approaching retirement, you're in retirement, the first thing we do when we put our retirement success blueprint together, our financial plan, is where are we getting our retirement income from? You know, how are we maximizing Social Security? How are we claiming pensions if we have them? And then taking a look at the portfolio and say, how can we position the portfolio to get a reasonable rate of return, get growth to keep up with inflation, but provide income as cash flow every single year going forward so we're not spending through any of the principal. So even when we go through market conditions like right now, let's say the stocks are down you know, low double digits and our bonds are down low single digits everything is still paying the exact same amount of income it did on December 31st. So you can kind of glide through this. It won't feel good because the principal's bouncing around, but the income doesn't change. All right. Well, great question. Thank you so much for submitting that into the podcast. As always, reach out to Michael if you've got some questions. Again, find him online at crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, whatever platform you like to use. Type in Retirement Success Blueprint in any of the search boxes of those apps or just find it all at crystallaketax.com. Mike, thanks for hanging out with me this week. I appreciate it. I'll see you in a couple of weeks, a little later in March. It's always a pleasure and go Creighton because they'll be short-lived at the tournament. <laughs> we'll see you next time here on the Retirement Success Blueprint with Michael Stewart from Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial and Sound Income Strategies, LLC, are not associated entities. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial is a franchise of the Retirement Income Store. The Retirement Income Store and Sound Income Strategies, LLC, are associated entities.